0: Chapter 9 of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phyllis Vincelli. The Homesteader by Oscar Michaud. Chapter 9 Epic the First Christine, Christine. One week from the day Peter Caden made proof at Gregory on the homestead he held, the court record showed that he had transferred the same to some unknown person. In the course of events, it was not noticed by the masses. It was because Jean-Baptiste was expecting something of the kind that he happened to observe the record of the transfer in the following week's issue of the paper he couldn't get the incident out of his mind and he found his eyes wandering time and time again in the direction of the house of augustus m barr in the days that followed from what he had gleaned from the papers he was sure that something sinister was to occur in that new land soon he tried in vain to formulate some plan of action rather some plan of prevention But the plot, the intrigue, or whatever it may be called, was deep. It had taken root before either had ever seen the country they now called home. And because of its intricate nature, he could formulate no plan toward combating the thing he felt positively in his veins was to take place over the hill two miles and more the claim shack of peter caden could not be seen but he could always feel where it was and the events that went on therein this healthy but sad forlorn german had aroused his sympathy and always when he thought of him strangely he thought of christine the days passed slowly and things went on as usual he saw bar occasionally and as often saw the dark sife he read as was his wont and then one evening when his few chores were done he had a desire to walk he drew on his overcoat and taking a bucket he walked slowly down the slope that led up to his house to the well a quarter mile distant He could never after account for the strange feeling that came and went as he ambled toward the well. He reached it in due time, filled his bucket, and was in the act of returning when out of the night he caught the unmistakable sound of horses' hoofs. Someone on horseback was coming. He set the bucket down and bent his ears more keenly to hear the sound. Yes, they were hoof-beats, an unusual clatter. He gave a start. Only one horse in the neighborhood made such a noise with the hoofs when moving, for he had heard the same before, and that horse belonged to A. M. Barr and was a pacer. Christine had used to ride him, and when he recalled it he became curious. Christine was not there, he knew, unless she had come that day, which was not likely. Then who rode the horse? He had never seen Barr on horseback. They were coming from about where Barr's house stood, coming in his direction along the road. He estimated at that moment they must be about a quarter of a mile away. He listened intently onward they came drawing closer all the while he got an inspiration why should he be seen he moved back from the road some distance there was no moon and the night was dark but the stars filled the night air with a dim ray he lay upon the ground as the horseman drew nearer presently out of the shadow he caught the dim outline of the rider he saw that a heavy ulster was worn, and the collar of the same was around the rider's neck, almost concealing the head, but he recognized the rider as A. M. Barr. Now, where can he be going? he muttered to himself, standing erect as he listened to the hoofbeats on the road below. He pondered briefly. Why does he never ride in the Daytime. From down the road the sound of hoofbeats continued, and then Baptiste was again inspired. Caden! he cried, and fell into deep thought. At his left was a small creek, usually dry. This stream led in an angling direction down toward the larger stream south of the town it led directly toward the claim of peter caden although the homestead lay beyond the creek by following it one could reach caden's house in about two-thirds the distance if going by trail a few minutes later jean baptiste was speedily following the route that led to the creek he paused at intervals and upon listening could hear the hoof-beats along the trail in the inevitable direction He reached the creek in a short time, found his way across it, and once on the other side he hurried through a school section to Caden's cabin that was joined with this on the south. He crossed the school section quickly, and in the night air he could smell, and presently came to see, the smoke curling from the chimney. He approached the house cautiously he was glad that poor caden didn't keep a dog when he had drawn close enough to distinguish the objects before him he saw bar's horse tied out of the wind on the south side of the little barn he looked closer and observed another near he reckoned that one to be syphes so the triangle is forming he muttered he went up to the house noiselessly he passed around its dark side to where he saw light emanating from the small window he peered cautiously through it sitting on the side of the bed caden's face met his gaze he regarded it briefly before seeking out the others NEVER, HE FELT, IF HE LIVED A HUNDRED YEARS, WOULD HE EVER FORGET THE EXPRESSION OF AGONY THAT FACE WORE. UPON ITS USUAL ROUNDNESS, PERCEPTIBLE LINES HAD FORMED. IN THE LIGHT OF THE DIM LAMP, HE CAUGHT THE DARKNESS ABOUT THE EYES, THE SKIN UNDER ALMOST SAGGING AND swollen he permitted his gaze to drift further and to take in the proportions of the room on a stool near sat Sif, the jew he wore his overcoat indeed baptiste could not recall having ever seen him without it about him also he wore his thick dark cap his little mustache stood out over the small mouth between the lips of which reposed the usual cigarette he was drawing away easily at this while his ears appeared to be attentive to what was going on he was listening to barr who stood in the centre of the room talking in much excitement making gestures while he could see the agonized caden protesting he could not catch all that was being said but some of it bar in particular he observed while speaking forcibly was nevertheless controlled it was caden whose voice reached his ears more often on the outside i kept you from australia this from bar they had you on shipboard your carcass would be fit for the vultures now on that sand-swept desert you were headed for But I was innocent, I was innocent, protested Caden. I didn't go to Russia that trip, I didn't go to Russia and to Jerusalem, I've never been. But you hadn't proved it. You were done for. They had you. And all you could do or say wouldn't have kept you in England. It was I, me, do you understand? You do understand that I kept you from going i me who saved you no law in this land could keep you here if they knew now where you were but you forget christine my poor christine you have her is that not enough oh you are hard you drive me most insane tell me about christine give her back to me and all is yours a wind rose suddenly out of the west a shed stood near a shed covered over with hay and some poles that had been cut green and now the dry leaves gave forth a moaning sound he saw those inside start with the noise baptiste knew he could hear no more and might be apprehended stealthily he departed and all the way to the sod house that night he kept repeating what he had heard "'Christine, Christine, you have her. "'Is she not enough? "'Give her back and all is yours.' "'If he could only ascertain "'what was between Caden and Christine. "'But it was all coming to something soon, "'and he knew that Augustus M. Barr "'was taking the advantage of someone, "'that Caden was innocent but couldn't prove it that syph was in some way darkly connected and the eternal triangle held to its sinister purpose End of chapter nine epic the first christine christine